0: You're listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to unite and educate the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for three dollars a month at Patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast.
1: He gave some as apostles, some as prophets some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God.
0: Uh, Dr. Moore, how can these church offices build the body to attain unity like it says in that verse?
2: Well, I I think the offices, uh, pastor, deacon, so forth, are are institutional sorts of expressions of what we already see for everybody with the gifting of the body, which is to say different gifts that are given for the same purpose uh, toward the building up of the body of Christ. And when it comes to those particular callings, um, pastor, deacon, so forth, um, it works the same way, even within those offices. Because you're going to have uh, you're going to have in any given uh, church some uh, deacons who are uh, better equipped to deal with certain aspects of the church's ministry, and others more equipped to deal with others. Um, just as you're going to have some pastors who have a different gift set and a different sort of emphasis than someone else, and there's there's kind of this comparison problem that people have of looking at someone else who might be in the same office if they're, if they're called to ministry, and will say, well, I must be failing because I don't do what that person does, rather than recognizing there's a diversity of gifts within the unity of the body, even sometimes, uh, even often, I think, within the, within the same office.
0: Sister Rose, how would you say that church offices like those described here can help build the body to attain unity?
3: I think there's a recognition that we all have different gifts. We all have different calls or vocation. Um, And so I think that there is a diversity in ministry, but that we share in one common mission. And when we have that mindset in the way we approach ministry, all that we do builds a church unity or builds up the body of christ
0: hey everybody welcome to the whole church podcast the church offices finale i am one of your co hosts joshua noel here with your other co-host the one you like the most tj tiberius on blackwell hello thank you it's nice yeah, to welcome you. to the show welcome to the show mm-hmm. Applause, applause Uh, Today, like I said, we're finishing our church offices series For those who have stuck with us, congratulations, you made it through We're talking about lay people today Which isn't really an office in most churches We'll get back to that But, uh, yeah, it's uh, the idea of the people who aren't ordained Aren't official ministers or anything like that What are their roles in the church? That's what we're going to be talking about today how they're appreciated, all that stuff.
1: And, um, yeah, it'll be a good time. right. We wanted to give a special shout-out to our patrons, Austin, Russell, Sandra, Lily, Jeannie, Aaron, Justin, Frida, Taryn, and Dawn. And remember, you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcast, and that helps us a whole lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And soon, we're going to do a, as part of our regular show, we're going to do an episode. That's going to be TJ and I discussing current whole church news, just uh, news of what's going on in the church around the world today. Um, That'll be a regular episode for the first one. But then after that, it's going to become where you could either do the subscription through Spotify or Apple Podcasts to access a separate show we'll do once a month. That'll do the whole church news, or you'll get it as part of the Patreon if you um, sponsor us at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. And that being said, before we do anything else, we want to mention not everybody who worked on this, but, you know, this a big group project. They wouldn't all have perfect unity with one another's churches. Not all of them could go to the other's church and get along perfectly. We're working towards that. We're not quite there, but they were all willing to work with us for this series. And we're really appreciative about that. And for the silly question today, I ruined it. I can't do this one. Because I already have Otis as, I think I had him as a priest. So TJ is going to be the sole, sole, sole pillar for this question today. No, that's not how this works. (laughs) Okay, I'll do it too. Um, If Otis from the Barnyard movie, which remember everyone, you were required to watch the Barnyard before getting into this series. If Otis from Barnyard was a lay person at the Church of the Barn, how do you think he would contribute?
1: Well, uh Otis would definitely be a greeter. First and foremost, he loves it. You see that in the barnyard, very clear. Uh also, I think he would volunteer at any event the church is throwing that he deems fun and none of the other ones.
0: Yeah. So. I'm I'm just imagining like an entire mini series of him like mowing the church's lawn and somehow the lawnmower goes out of Whack and becomes a whole adventure or, you know, him trying to serve people for the church banquet or something. And, you well, know, it always just, goes astray somehow.
1: He mows the lawn for free. It's his meals. Yeah, that's true.
0: I don't know. He'd do something. Just a bunch of tiny adventures of him trying to help and it becoming
1: chaotic. That's how I imagine it going down. No, yeah, So is that him as a layperson to you? Yeah. All right. Uh, in the clips coming up, we ask our guests how they would define a lay person. Later on, we will ask them whether they find this term useful, how lay people contribute to their churches, and how churches appreciate the laity, and, or how their church appreciates the laity, at least. And finally, we will ask our guests how they can relate to lay people of other traditions. And you will hear clips from Sister Rose, who is a nun at the of the Catholic Church and a leader at the Catholic Campus Ministries at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. Professor Chris Moreland, who is a religion professor at the same university. Professor Jonathan Resmini of Holy Trinity Orthodox Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Reverend Steve Lonklow, a priest of the Anglican tradition and U.S. Navy chaplain. Joe Day, a leader of a home church and host of the Buddy Walk with Jesus podcast. Pastor Will Rose of the Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Pastor Gary Adkins of Harvest Ministries Church of God of Prophecy, a Pentecostal tradition in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Reverend Keno Kennedy of the AME Zion Union Bethel Church in Cornelius, North Carolina. Reverend... Kelly O'Sullivan, also a minister of the Anglican Church, and Dr. Russell Moore of Christianity Today, minister in residence at Emmanuel Nashville and Interdenominational Church. Wow, there wasn't. Sounds like this might be a long episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a whole <laughs> lot of people in this. Uh, there wasn't a ton of variety in how our guests defined a layperson, so we just chose a couple of clips to represent how our guests would define the term.
4: Our first clip is Reverend
0: Kelly O'Sullivan of the
1: Anglican tradition. Kelly, what is a layperson?
5: A layperson is uh, part of the people, the congregation, uh, the laos, uh, which uh, literally translates to people. Um, although we're talking about church offices, there's a sense in which the laity is an office. Everyone who's ordained or uh, who's ordained through baptism is ordained to the laity and has a specific role in gifting within the church. Um, we don't like as Anglicans, we don't have private masses. We have to have people present there in order for it to really be a, a real celebration of a Holy Communion. Um I think that the people are are uh, essential to the church, to the body. That's what the church is, is literally the assembly and it what is it, the assembly of God's people. Um, so that's why I would say the lay people are just people uh, with a different, um, in a different order than say de- deacons or priests. They have a different, uh, a slightly different function, a calling in life, but is still a calling unto the Lord. Um, for the upbuilding of the church.
0: Next, we asked Sister Rose of the Catholic tradition how she would define a layperson. Sister Rose, what is a layperson?
3: A layperson is a person who is not ordained. Okay? So, actually... Religious men and women, when I say religious men and women, I'm talking about consecrated religious men and women who are not ordained are considered lay people. All right. That's just a little distinction I would make. OK, but more to the point. When we talk about the lay people, we are talking about all of those who have been baptized and by virtue of their baptism, they are part of the body of Christ. And so laymen and women share in the ministry of, of, of building up the body of Christ, but they do it in the, in the world, in the world, like in their professions, where they can witness to their faith through the way they live their lives and the way they do their jobs and the way they teach their children. So laymen and women are the church. We are the church.
0: Oh, right. Amen. This next clip is Father Jonathan Resmini of the Trinity Orthodox Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Father Jonathan, what is a lay person?
6: Hmm. So within the orthodox church a lay person is a member that has been baptized or chrismated and uh, become a full participating member in the orthodox church um and for us it's actually an order of the clergy um the order of laity is is a you know it's a cler- clerical office the royal priesthood um and they have a they have a role to play liturgically as i uh, as you might might have Remember, like I said, uh, I can't as a priest serve a liturgy by myself. I need other people uh, to be there with me to say the amen. Like there has to be someone to to offer the the verification that this is true. So they need to say amen, amen, amen to all of the things that I offer. Um, and so they liturgically have a role. Uh, they also have a role in sharing the good news, doing the ministry of the, to the needy, to, the, to those uh, different aspects of the local church ministry and kind of the, the ministry that the church conducts outside of the church. Um, but it is someone who is a member um, of the Orthodox Church um, for us. I mean, like, that's what we we describe as, as laity. Otherwise, they're inquirers into Christianity or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's how we use the term for our own people. Um, so it's a very particular understanding, like someone who is not yet baptized is not technically a member of the laity um, yet. Um, and so... Um, that being said, I'm sure there'll be a follow-up question about like mm-hmm. what about other people from other traditions and stuff like that, but... Yeah,
0: yeah. I um, Hmm. I haven't heard of that before. This next clip is Dr. Russell Moore of Christianity Today. Dr. Russell Moore, what is a lay person?
2: I think a a layperson is an artificial category, uh, developed to, I mean, if you think about the roots of the word, it's essentially a person, person. Uh, and so it's, (laughs) it's, it's just a designation of people who are not called to institutional, um, ministry called to ministry, but not to, uh, not to institutional ministry in that way.
1: So really, other than a couple of outstanding, you know, descriptions, uh, most of the guests define the lady in the same way, but in very different words. It's, you know, the general feel is very appreciative, at least to me.
0: Yeah, the the only thing that I felt like was a little different. um, Father Jonathan did say that the lady's considered an office. At the uh, Orthodox Church, but it's the same idea. So,
1: right. And that's, you know, that's to be expected. We are the laity, at least, you know, most of us here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Your host, ladies,
3: mm-hmm.
1: ladies, <laughs> lay people. Uh, and next, we will be asking our guests about the usefulness of the term layperson, which I think is a more interesting question.
0: Again, this is Dr. Russell Moore.
2: So it's 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 a helpful category sometimes, but if it's it can become a sort of um, it, it can communicate sometimes this idea that if you're really. Uh, committed to Christ, <laughs> then you're serving as a preacher or teacher or something like that. And if not, then you're uh, I've even heard people say, oh, well, he's just a layperson," uh, or something oh, just to it. I mean, that's that's uh, what the church is. <laughs> so so I, I don't I don't usually find myself using that term at all. Well, forgive me for using it the term no, I, further. I think I think it's I think it can be helpful to um to use in a certain context and and way. Um, I just think I just think when you're in a time as as we have been in for a while, where people think you really have different sorts of. Um, levels of holiness based upon uh, what it is that that god's called you to do uh, that then it becomes a problem this clip
0: is joe day of the home church movement
7: a, a layperson is a term that we have categorized our congregates into That really takes a lot of responsibility. Um, I understand that a lay person is somebody that there, there is actual heritage to the of that nature. However, this is my opinion that I, I think that our calling, especially as shepherds or teachers or pastors, whatever words you want to put in there. It is so that way that there is no, there is no layperson, There is no person who would fall into this category. Because a lot of times we, category, these are the people that just show up. Or they don't have to work. Part of the team. They're just there to spectate. And I think that's a big problem. In the
0: modern day American. So, TJ, listening to those clips, um, I have to ask you do you think the term lay people is still useful today?
1: I think it's useful, not in the sense that, you know, the lay people need to be labeled. Uh, just in the sense that what else do you call them? Churchgoers? <laughs> Attendees? Yeah. I mean, it's just a term at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: I definitely think Joe is on to something of um, sometimes it becomes an excuse. Like if they're just a lay person. They're not to do this. You know, Stuff like, uh, Dr. Moore said the same thing. And I, I do feel like there's a danger to that. But also, you know, going back to Father Jonathan and what some of the other people are going to say later on. Lady is sort of its own position. The thing is like if you're a church member, you're not just someone who goes to church. So I think that term can portray some significance if we uh,
1: treat it that way. Kind right. of just how you treat it. Yeah, this this particular term is really semantic. Yeah. yeah. Very much so, so. Now we ask our guests how the lady participate in their churches.
0: This is Father Jonathan Rizmini once more. Um, so you—you you said the office of the laity is an office in, in, a way, then?
6: Yeah, no, it, I mean it, it's it, it's one of the one of the clergy. Like it's it's one we would say it's the royal priesthood. You know, out of which come the other offices, and we only talked about a few priests. Deacon, uh, yeah. priest, bishop, but we also have chanters or offices. Uh, there's a person who's like the doorkeeper, that's technically an office, or acolytes uh, or readers, those are all offices out of the like that we draw from the laity which is an office in and of itself it's kind of the standard office of of orthodoxy uh, of priesthood and the royal priesthood and then out of that comes these functional relational offices um, uh, that have other liturgical functions historically and, and in the contemporary sphere.
1: Uh, so, how do lay people participate in your church?
7: We are, like I said at the when we were just when I was describing the whole pastorship thing and all of that looks. I had mentioned that we are our system invites people to play an active role in the service and. This is a conversation. This is a deep dive. This is more of a collaborative thing than hitting the pulpit every single week, weekend, week. For us, that looks more like kind of steering the ship rather than it on the ground every. So the, some of that falls to people that have an active desire to step into being active and teaching and talking and all of those kinds of things and and discipling the people who are active and stepping into those roles to be able to go out and do this and to be able to go out and minister and different so the goal is for us is it perfect no we don't there are absolutely still people that are feel way more comfortable showing up and, you know, listening and all of those kinds of things. Absolutely. That is still a thing that exists. But the idea is that we shift away from that. If, if possible in its entirety, that that's not something that exists in, in our church. So we are constantly calling people into active discipleship and active evangelism all of those kinds of things. So it's a little bit of taking, it's almost like a buffet thing, you know what I mean? Rather than these roles in in our group being individualized roles, you know, it's more of a, we're teaching people how to do these things so that we're grabbing this and people who are grabbing that, getting these tools. and to live out the other six days of the week, that it's not just about what they're getting the one day of the week.
0: This is Professor Chris Moreland of World Religions at UNCW, also a member of the Catholic tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: So how do lay people participate in your church?
8: Oh, well, they're pretty much, you know, running everything. Um, They're doing about everything that you could imagine, except celebrating the sacraments. They are. They're donating. They're participating in liturgical and sacramental life. They participate in prayer life. They play a critical role in working with the deacons in terms of social ministries. They are the presidents and chairpersons of parish councils. They work as catechists, meaning that they are teaching the young uh, about the faith and also teaching those that wish to convert to Catholicism about the faith. They also are allowed in the church to read the epistles and the responsorial psalm. They are allowed to serve as ushers. They are allowed to welcome people in at the doors, which used to be a uh, a ministry called a uh, porter. So that actually was a ministry in many ways uh, and still is in uh, some Tridentine communities. So, yes, there is they're all over the place. And, you know, they have, you know, the idea that the priest is just up there doing his thing and the laity are just sitting back passively is a complete misconception. And I feel on good authority to say that what I've said about the lady in the Catholic Church is near identical to what I've witnessed in the Eastern Orthodox Church and also in, you know, Episcopalianism.
0: Again, this is Dr. Russell Moore. So, how do lay people participate in your congregation?
2: Oh, in in uh, almost every aspect of the life of the church, um, in terms of uh, leading uh, ministries, in terms of. Um, I and mean, one of the things that was really uh, striking to me uh, very early on, we haven't been at our church for very long. Um, one of the things that we noticed is uh, there was a men's breakfast. Now I'm used to a Southern Baptist context where breakfast <laughs> is really breakfast. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, biscuits and gravy, the whole thing. Uh, this, was, this was coffee, you know, but they think it's a breakfast. And so I'll, I'll go with it. Um, but uh, it was a, it was a gathering of people it came together. Um, the, the topic that, that day was uh, pornography And I brought my two my two sons who are teenagers uh, with me because I thought this they need to be equipped in this area. And what I was just moved um, by is the way that um, there was teaching on pornography. But then there was the leadership within that uh, group of praying for one another and um, and leading one another in terms of, um, dependence on God. I, it was just a beautiful thing to see. And it was a, it was moving for me as a dad to see my sons treated, not as youth, yeah. but as uh, members of the body of Christ and taken seriously, uh, in that way. That was a, that was, I think a, a really beautiful thing.
0: This is Reverend Keno Kennedy of the AME Zion Church in Cornelius, North Carolina. And how
9: do lay people participate at your church? So our church, everyone participates through the worship service, and they also participate in leadership roles. Um, so um, in our book of discipline in the AME Zion Church, it specifies that that um, the trustees and the stewards, they all have to be lay people. They all have to be a part of the laity um, to be actively involved in the church. And then not only that, but we actually have a a, a uh, body called the lay council and they also help <laughs> run the church. So so it's not just that, that they just sit on Sundays and that's it. No, that lay, the laity in our church and our denomination are very active and it's a lay led church. It's not led by the, the bishops or the, the pastors, even though they are our leaders, it's the laity, it's the people that, that drives and, and moves the church.
0: This is Pastor Gary Atkins of Harvest Ministries in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Pastor Gary, how do lay people participate at your church?
4: Well, there are many different things you can do besides, you know, deacon, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Um, You know, the list is pretty long. There's so many support roles to ministries in our church. And, you know, you have your children's ministries, your youth ministries, uh, greeters and ushers and uh, song, uh, those that sing, those that play instruments. And then just down the line, there, there are so many gifts that people have that do things that will never really be seen in the church. They do them behind the scenes reaching out to people, praying for people, um, supporting them. We recently had a member that had a tragedy, uh, lost his home in a fire. And I've just been so blessed by hearing the stories of people that are responding to that. Uh, they're not calling us. They're just responding to it on their own um, and, and ministering to his needs. And so there's just there's a plethora of way that a layperson can get involved in the ministry of the Lord.
0: Man, that sounds sounds uh, sort of like what it means to be the church, right? Yes, yes,
4: exactly.
6: Uh, So, I mean, there's more than I can remember off the top of my head, but the minor orders of clergy include um, chanter. These are ones that are... uh, Uh, there's a special it's not ordination it's not the same word in greek for ordination Um, usually they're tonsured meaning their hair is cut uh, so as an offering Uh, and so that's the um, the chanter is one the doorkeeper the reader the acolyte the acolyte Right now, all of our acolytes are like our altar boys, but historically, the acolyte took the fermentum, which is a piece of the consecrated bread and wine, uh, and they would bring it from the main church to the like the village churches outside of the city. Like that was their functional. They they ran that to them. Uh, We also have... um, a subdeacon uh, which i was a subdeacon for about an hour and a half uh, before i became a deacon uh, Interesting. In, in other traditions within the orthodox uh, world you like people like be a subdeacon for a long time um and it's basically the subdeacon is what you make on like is like a professional altar boy almost someone who's you know more knowledgeable will be consistently there can do some liturgical functions that the other you know that the altar boys can't Um, and so those are some of our minor orders and then our major orders are the three that i've noted which are the deacon the the priest and the bishop
0: Once more, this is Reverend Kelly O'Sullivan of the Anglican tradition.
1: And how do lay people participate in your church?
5: In our church, uh, we are heavily dependent upon the laity. Um, we have um, we have surgeries inside and outside of our church. So the, the lay people are the hands and the feet of ministry. Um, uh, we don't meet in our own space. Uh, we meet at a, uh, a venue we rent. And we need people to show up to come help set up chairs, um, to help read the scriptures uh, during the service. Um, and then we will have some lay people um, participate in certain aspects of the service on occasion, especially when someone is out, but that, that's, um, that'll kind of happen normally. We have a, uh, lay people help run the AV team the nursery. Um, So we are highly dependent on the people, uh, the people of God. Ordained ministers have their own specific function as members of the body of Christ. Uh, But we're dependent on other people being there and helping us um, to do so well. And then outside of the church, it seems uh, outside of our church, um, our parishioners, our people, um, have different ministries. There's uh, one where we uh, grill for people who are um, in need and hungry, uh, a lot of free food, for example. Um, And there's different ministries like that that are run. Um, We have uh, lay people who help lead small groups also, and so sort of function in a pastoral capacity also. The lay people do in our parish, um, but they're vital. Um, If if they were there, it'd be really hard to plant the church.
4: (laughs)
0: Yeah, so what stood out to me in those clips um, well well, again, Father Jonathan um, just the list of all the different um, offices of laity that aren't ordained offices, I thought those were all really interesting, especially the acolyte you know, we don't really use that now, but the idea that that was like an entire official position for someone to run the bread and wine down to the other churches, find that very fascinating. I'll probably do more research on that later on, just because I'm interested. Um, I also really like Pastor Gary and Dr. Moore both kind of shared these stories of how Dr. Moore talked about his kids and how they were treated, not as youth, but as equal members of the church. And Pastor Gary talking about the people stepping up, the lady stepping up without any direction or any, you know, prompt to help another member of the church and just being the church. And I think these stories are really what the lady's all about is stepping up and just being the church, you know.
1: Right. And really what Josh means when he wants to study the acolyte is he's going to try and get that to become a thing again. He wants to just (laughs) run food between churches. He wants to DoorDash communion wine. Yeah, I'm going to start an app, Mm -hmm. the Acolyte. Yeah. Now, we ask our guests how their churches show appreciation to their laity. All right. Uh, In what ways are lay people's contributions appreciated?
8: so i'm just gonna say this first off their contributions are very much appreciated in terms of their financial donations i can tell you that because you got to keep the lights on you know Mm -hmm. of course we're not materialists but we need food we need roofs over our heads and the priests are not money makers they are good fundraisers but they are not called to be you know business people, Uh, they they reach out to the laity and the laity contribute financially. But the laity also contribute in many other ways, definitely through ministries of presence and time, you know, whether it's volunteering to clean the church uh, or do the landscaping or to chair this committee or to be in charge of the social outreach ministry, Um, they can replicate a lot of the things that priests would otherwise have to do. They can be bookkeepers. Um, so their contributions are very, very valued because the church
0: wouldn't exist without them. Again, this is Pastor Gary Atkins.
4: You know, Paul says there are many members in the body And some are hands and some are feet and some are mouths, some are eyes. And the danger, he said, in the body is that those that don't have the more uh, maybe visible gifts can be a little jealous of the others. And yet Paul explained every single gift is important. And to have a functioning body, I might not think about my big toe, but boy, it's valuable. Uh, we've all stubbed our toe from time to time in life, and it's amazing how it handicaps you from walking normally. And so every person in the body has a role to play. It may not be ever on the, you know, the rostrum or behind a podium or holding a mic to sing or an instrument to play, but they play a role. And so the layperson is just one of many parts of the functioning body of Christ.
0: Awesome, awesome. So in what ways in the Catholic Church are lay people's contributions
3: appreciated? The church couldn't function without lay men and women. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's, it's, we, we are all part of this body of Christ. And so what we do in our, you know, in terms of our, our coming together as community, as serving one another, as brothers and sisters, as how we conduct ourselves professionally, as how we conduct ourselves socially, all can contribute to the building up of the kingdom or not, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and as I said to you earlier, for us, Eucharist is source and summit. It is it is absolutely the central action of our faith. And so we bring all that we are to the altar and offer that to God to be transformed. And we receive the body of Christ. And then we're sent out each week to be the body of Christ in the world.
0: Mm. Hey, man, that's a really beautiful image. That's a good way of putting it. I like, yeah. I like that a lot.
3: And you you know, know, I never and considered how, that as, I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say, I never considered that as part of why we do Eucharist, you know, is you
3: can oh, yeah. take the body of
0: Christ to be, <laughs> yeah,
3: that, that is it. And then, you, you know, what's also important is laymen and women bring their gifts to the church And so when we when I talk to students about, you know, life in community, I say to them, you know, once you leave the university, you'll need to find your church home, your parish, where you will assume your rights and responsibilities. So that as a member of the church, as a a part of the body of Christ, you have rights and responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is to share your gifts.
0: Pastor Gary, how does the leadership at your church um, show appreciation for lay people's contributions?
4: Well, I think we acknowledge them often. We thank them, uh, thank them for their giving. We have a mission ministry and uh, it requires a lot of lay workers to make it work properly. And we always thank them for what they're doing. We give updates on what the ministry is accomplishing. And then we always say, hey, it wouldn't be possible without you guys, which is exactly true. Uh, In my early days of ministry, I preached to some empty churches. It's no fun. (laughs) Uh, You can't get a whole lot done unless there's somebody in the room. And so we acknowledge our people and all of their contributions. And we try to do it very regularly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm still a member at this church. I am currently attending elsewhere, um, just trying to follow where the Lord's leading me. But I still got a birthday card. So there you go. That's one way. There you go. (laughs) This is Pastor Will Rose of the Lutheran tradition. In what ways are lay people's tradi- contributions to your church appreciated?
10: Ah, that's good. Good question. I, you know, it. This church can't be without them. Uh, yeah we have a good staff and we we work hard and and we keep the the boat afloat and moving forward. Um, But, but really you don't want me balancing the, balancing (laughs) the church budget. You don't want me necessarily overseeing uh, the art that goes on in in the current sanctuary. I don't necessarily have a good eye for (laughs) matching uh, pyramids and and decorations within the church. We need uh, people of all different gifts um, and persuasions to come in and, and help us this church be who we are uh as a community of faith so uh yeah we have people that are are the chair of our outreach team who make sure that we're using our money and being good stewards of the resource we have to reach beyond our walls. We have a chair, a lay member who's the chair of our worship and arts uh, ministry team who make sure that we have all our ducks in a row when we're getting ready for Christmas and Easter and throughout the year and the summer to make sure the church is warm and welcoming. We have a welcome and visibility team and we have lay members a part of that. We have church council that every month dedicate and look at, um, the budget and our ministries and make sure that things are running smoothly. So uh, this can't happen without uh, the lay members of this congregation. In fact, when it gets too staff heavy or staff driven, I remind our, our members, look, um, we can't do it all one because we don't want to burn out and, and get tired and exhausted from doing everything. But if they want to have these things, they got to put um, use their gifts within it too. And, and I, Holly and I and Pastor Mark and I can't teach every single Sunday school classroom. So we, in our adult forums and adult classes, we have former seminary professors. We have um, professors at the university who have specific gifts of teaching and our interests and, and lead book studies and Bible studies within those groups as well. So we entrust them with that.
1: Uh, really, I think what was interesting to me is no one brought up that the purpose of the church is to serve the laity. Like that's you're who this is all for, really. I don't think anyone brought it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's um because it is slightly complicated, right? The church exists to serve the laity. We all are um as Ephesians, I want to say it's four. It um submit ye one to another. We're serving each other, but we're also called to go out and serve the world together. Um, like, you know, when Sister Rose talked about, we take communion so that we could then go out and be Christ. So we're partaking of Christ and then going out and being Christ in the world. And that is an important part. But uh, it is also important that we remember that we're here to support one another, that the church exists to support the laity. Just the same that the laity exists to support the church. You know, it's.
1: None of us can exist without the other. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Finally, we ask our guests if they believe in the priesthood of all believers, and if so, how they could best relate to the laity of other traditions. Here are those clips.
0: So then you would say that the Orthodox Church does believe in the priesthood of all of the laity then? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So naturally, <laughs> what about the laity of other traditions? How do you view them?
6: So they are outside of the canonical boundaries of the Orthodox Church um and so they're they're not members in good standing so we wouldn't consider them part of the laity of the orthodox church we would probably call them believers um but they, they would not necessarily be members of our laity because the laity are those who have been baptized, chrismated, properly prepared, you know, in good standing within the Orthodox Church, um, and they can serve functionally roles. But like, uh, so there could be a very faithful person who comes to our church all the time, but if they haven't been brought into the Orthodox Church, either through baptism or chrismation, because we do accept the baptisms of those who have been baptized in other traditions, uh, as long as it's they've been baptized in in the name of the Trinity that will just chrismate them, which is similar to the Catholic Confirmation, uh, and they'll be brought into the Orthodox Church. But if if they've been coming regularly, like they're a spouse of uh, a member in good standing, uh, they, like, but they can't hold like offices like um, being on the parish council or something like that because they're not technically members of the, of the church. Uh, they would have to be baptized and chrismated or chrismated and become full members to hold those type of formal offices to be committee chairs. They need to do that as well. Uh, but they can serve in those and uh, serve within the ministry, just not as the chairs of the ministry or as members of the parish council. Those are reserved for members in good standing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, a believer who attends a Presbyterian church, for example, um, he wouldn't be able to serve in any office, and he wouldn't be considered part of the priesthood of the Orthodox Church. But could you still consider him part of the Christian priesthood of all believers? Or uh, uh, yeah,
6: I mean, when. That- I would say that we would, uh, I mean, functionally, that language would be would be fine. I mean, there's certainly a clear distinction within within the Orthodox tradition between those who are canonically within the boundaries of Orthodoxy and those who are outside of that. Um, I would say that, you know, we wouldn't say that they're members of the royal priesthood like our laity are, which is a very specific because your baptism is your ordination in that case. Uh, Your baptism, chrismation and all that, that's your ordination. but um, but we would say that they're believers that they're the priesthood of the believers I would so to speak but like a, we wouldn't have a formal name for it uh, and that's probably just because we're you know we struggle with terminology but, uh, you know across traditions um,
0: so yeah which is sort of the point of this <laughs> yeah. sometimes uh, the, the 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 language for the offices are just so different between traditions it becomes a little confusing
6: yeah
1: Right. And uh, the last question is, do you believe in the priesthood of all believers? But you've said it so many times, I think it's safe to assume the answer is yes.
8: Yes, of course. We're called right. to be prophet, priest and king as part of our baptismal promises. That is what we are given. And it's in the gospel. The, there is a priesthood of all believers, and that is the universal priesthood granted to all Christians. There's the ministerial priesthood given to bishops, deacons, and priests. But the ultimate form of priesthood is only in Christ Jesus as the true high priest.
1: All right.
0: Uh, Reverend Steve Lunklow, as far as some of the doctrines concerning the priesthood of all believers that a lot of Protestants use. Um, How do you view that belief? That's a great question. We absolutely
11: hold to the priesthood of all believers. Um, The priesthood of all believers is actually an Old Testament doctrine. It's not something that just suddenly appears in the New Testament. Israel was called to be a kingdom of priests. What does a priest do but represent God to the nations? Uh, They pray for the nations. And, and they bring the nation's concerns to God. So, so they are the, 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 the face of God to the people, uh, representing God to the people, and they also represent the people to God through intercessory prayer and things like that. That's, that's what priests do. That's what a priesthood does. Israel was called to do that. You, you can go read Exodus, uh, uh, Mount <laughs> yeah. Sinai uh, texts. Uh, what is that, Exodus 18, 19, 20? You know, the, the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. That that whole section is all about how Israel is to be a priest for the nations around them. With that said, Israel had an ordained priesthood through Aaron. So having the priesthood of all believers is not against having an ordained priesthood. Um, I I sometimes hear that when I say, you know, oh, I'm a priest in the Anglican church and people kind of fire back with, oh, I'm also a priest because I believe in the priesthood of all believers. And therefore, you're not a real priest or whatever. That's like they're absolutely congruent with each other. Right. So one doesn't disqualify the other. Uh, So the the idea of the Old Testament priesthood carries into the new when 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 uh, Peter talks about. You, the Christians, are a royal priesthood. He's drawing from this Old Testament doctrine of the priesthood of all believers. So now the priesthood is within the church under Christ. And because Christ is our bishop and overseer of our souls, as we already as we already established, um, Christians carry on Christ's priesthood, which is no longer the priesthood according to Aaron, but it's a priesthood according to Melchizedek. Uh, an, an eternal priesthood it's a new and better priesthood and and we but, but it functions much the same way where Christians represent God to the people through evangelism ministry through praying for people through you know praying for people when they get sick through, through showing them God's love um, loving neighbor as ourself right uh, Christians also being priests represent people to God in the way that they intercede in prayer for their friends and family the Ministerial priesthood—you know, bishops, priests, presbyters, uh, deacons—the ordained offices do that in a in a special way within the community of the priesthood of believers. Hmm. Okay. Through through teaching
0: scripture and and celebrating the sacraments. Yeah. So, like, um, ordained priests are sort of priest to the priest, which kind of makes bishops priest to the priest to the priest. If I want to <laughs> get weird on weird. I'd have, weird to, have on to think about what you just said. That was... <laughs> <laughs> that's,
11: that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to fill it.
1: So do you believe in the priesthood of all believers? And if so, how do you show respect to lay people of other denominations?
7: I do believe in, in the priesthood of... That there is something to be said for um, I'll say empowering the masses, so to speak. And, that, and and acknowledging dynamic responsibility for everybody that is a disciple of Jesus. And honestly, the, the biggest way that I have found to be able to respect the lay people of other of other groups is to remind them not in a finger wagging sort of thing that's not if they're not if they're not a part of my flock there's not necessarily the same kind of response that responsibility isn't necessarily on my shoulders it's on their shepherd's shoulders but still reminding and sowing the seeds and all of those kinds of things those are things that that for for our team we view as universal even outside of the people that are part of our flock.
0: Okay. do you believe in the priesthood of all believers? And if so, how do you show respect to people to lay people who maybe are outside of your denomination?
9: So, so, so listen, we 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 strongly believe in everyone has been called to minister and to share the gospel. And 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 folks, we have a responsibility to love everybody. So it doesn't matter where you come from, what faith, denomination, we are still required to love because we are all God's children first. But the second the second thing is that that just because you come from a different denomination than myself doesn't mean that I'm better or yours is better we just have some doctoral differences but outside of that my thing my and I've always tell my people as long as you're attending the church where there's baptism and communion that's a Christian church it doesn't matter how often they do it or when they do it as long as they're doing baptism and communion that's a Christian church that's it so 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 if any any Christian church that does that I don't care if you're a Catholic, Anglican, Church of God of Prophecy, Kojic, incentives of God, it doesn't matter. As long as that church is doing baptism and communion, I have no problem attending or going into that church and and mingling with the people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Pastor Gary, do you believe in the priesthood of all believers? And if so, how can you show respect to believers who maybe don't attend your church?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, the Bible says, um, you know, we're all brothers and sisters. And it's amazing, Josh. I've been all, well, not all around the world, but I've been around the world. And when I've run into believers in other places, it's amazing. You can feel that connection immediately as soon as you start talking to someone and they you you realize they know the Christ that you know and it's crazy but you know we're, we're divided by you know thousands of miles but we are we are one in spirit and it, it's a powerful reality and it's true for all believers um, so if I meet a, a, a Christian from another organization another group uh, if that person clings to the same Christ that I do, we are brothers or we are brothers and sisters, whatever the case might be. I've never had a problem with that. And to me, it's the, it's the powerful reality of being in Christ. If you're in Christ, Josh, where you go to church, if I'm in Christ over here, the people next to us, if that gentleman's in Christ, well, then there's unity there in Christ. Not because we agree with each other, but our unity is found in Christ.
0: Yeah, Um, C.S. Lewis writes in his book, The Four Loves, he talks about what friendship is. Mm -hmm. And he says friendship is always about something. So he said for the Christian church, our relation to each other is because we are about Christ. Yes. So I think um, that's a really powerful truth. Yes. Thank Thank you. Awesome. Um, so you've mentioned before you believe in the priesthood of all believers. Um, so how how do you or how could you show respect to lay people from other denominations?
10: Yeah, uh, they're they're a baptized Christian or, or, or just a disciple of Jesus, and, and they come into our midst. I want to hear their story. I want to hear how they're involved with their community of faith. I want to hear um, how God has... Uh, enriched and blessed their lives over the course of their their life, and and what God is doing in their congregation, and to learn from them and to be partners in that in our community. So, uh, all ears, and would love to hear what they're up to, and then perhaps you know, within those conversations, we may get ideas to partner up with them and do it together out uh, in the community and in the in our, our our
0: neighborhood. Awesome, awesome.
1: so do you believe in the priesthood of all believers and if so how do you show respect to lay people of other denominations
5: uh yes um we uh, we do believe in the priesthood of all believers um we would say that and i mean if you look at the old testament um the old testament actually believed in the priesthood of all believers also um when you read i believe it's exodus um where um the terminology of a kingdom of priests is used about all of israel you still also have ordained clergy you have people helping to run the show so to speak um and church and other churches um you know i I think we would for other mature believers that that, say come to our church from other churches uh, but they haven't been confirmed or they haven't drink the anglican kool-aid so to speak we'd still um if they're a mature believer and we trust them and we've gotten to know them we would let them run a bible study as long as it's not going to um say anything that would contradict our our distinctives so to speak Um, and and we would we would give a a voice to to people who are not necessarily anglicans Um, we would invite them if if someone is a is a baptized follower of jesus who comes with faith and repentance do Sunday worship. Uh, they're welcome to dine at the Lord's table. They don't have to be a member of our church. They just have to be a member of Jesus's church. And and um, and so that's, uh, I think that in many ways, that's how we would include people who are not Anglican, who are not part of our um, our, our, our parish in our tradition. Um, say if there is, a, you know, if there's a an ordained minister from another tradition, um, I don't think we would necessarily invite them to lead Holy Communion, but I think we would probably invite them to uh, preach on Sunday if they're a good, solid, orthodox um, pastor uh, that knows the Word of God. Um, so I think that that's a cross-denominational way to not only respect the laity and the priesthood of all believers, but also recognize um, other, other uh, churches that... Maybe we'd have to draw the line on some things like communion, but um, we want to recognize the ministry that other people have too.
1: Listening to those interviews again, what stood out most to you and how our guests said they could relate to the laity of other traditions? Hmm. I, I really
0: liked at the end of that, when Kelly was talking about inviting people to their church and how anyone could partake of the sacraments there and how, you know, if a Baptist or whoever came and they were a minister, you know, they might not have them give the communi- you know, give communion to their church, but they'd let them preach say a word. And just that idea, I like practical stuff. So I like that he was thinking practically what it looks like for these offices to interact with one another in these kind of contexts. Um, and, you know, of course, uh, the thing Pastor Gary said, too, with, uh, you know, you meet somebody who is a believer, you're separated of all these miles, but you meet them and it's like there is this connection that you just you know that they have the same Christ. Yeah, so that's that's the what about you?
1: So I thought this is more about the question I thought it was interesting the question itself shouldn't really have made that much sense uh, because of all of the people we interviewed, only one of them is technically a lay person. I'm pretty sure Chris is Chris Moreland is a lay person. Yeah. But none of them is to think
0: she's a nun. Yeah. Well, she's like she said, nuns are lay people.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's Catholic. Yeah. It's like half a leaper <laughs> but still. Uh, none of them stop to think I'm not a lay person. How can I relate to lay people from other traditions? Uh, because everyone was a lay person at one point. That's kind of how it works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I really liked um, how Keno was like, man, they have they have a uh, Baptist. They have communion. I'll go. I'll hang out. I'll mingle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, just uh, I just envisioned Reverend Kino. At my church, just kind of,
1: you know, hanging out. Very Keno moment. He absolutely would yeah. just hang out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking in tongues. All right. I dig it.
0: Oh, man. Keno's a good guy. Uh, so, TJ, now that we've run through this whole series, um, how do you think that people can know in what ways they should be
1: part of the church? Like what their well, role is. Knowing what part you should be playing in the church is always going to be harder than knowing what part you want to play in the church. And that's something that just comes about when it comes about. You'll realize it when it happens. Until then, I think if you listen to the series and something jumps out to you, I I want to say I hope we've prepared you for what you might have to do and the things that other people might perceive you as. Uh, But a lot of that is really just between you and God. And it's okay to just be a lay person. Yeah, because most people are.
0: You are still part of the priesthood of all believers. That's one thing that really stood out at the end of this whole series. Just hearing, you know, are the Catholic believers we have on here, the Orthodox believers, the Anglicans, the other Protestants all saying, yeah, of course we believe in priesthood of all believers. The, The authority that even the lay people have to preach the word, to be part of the church. Incredible that everybody kind of agreed on that specific point. Um, So always pray about what you can do with the church. And then, you know, what TJ said. So TJ, how would this impact church unity as people pray and they start playing the roles that they should be doing rather than what they just want to do?
1: Right. Well, uh, I feel like a lot of these am- answers are pretty samey for this, but I feel like the church is going to get a lot stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll just see unity. Wow. The
0: end of our, our series at this church unity podcast was, <laughs> if we wow. think, if you do this, you'll see unity. Whoa. <laughs> no,
1: no, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a twist on our normal. Yeah. 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 But y'all didn't see that. Comment. So what actions do you think we can take? this week to better maintain Christian unity concerning the church offices that we discussed in the series. I think we just answered.
0: This. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pray about it. Do something. Um, if you ever feel like you're just a member or you're just, you know, you just go on Sundays, whatever. Know that that's not your role. You know, I don't necessarily know exactly what your role is. Listener. I do know it's not to sit back and watch. Um, pray there is a role for you if it's mowing the grass there is something that you are supposed to be doing that's part of the church and when you do it your church will be stronger the people if you're not the one who's actively reaching out to other churches for unity doing your role will enable the people who shouldn't be doing that to have more time to do that mm-hmm. so and if
1: we will if you're just desperate to get involved next time they call up the ushers just go up there who's going to stop you that's true probably no almost always would let you be an usher
0: Yeah, (laughs) or an acolyte. Become acolytes. Everyone become an acolyte. So, TJ, what would be the ramifications if everyone listening became an acolyte? Well,
1: uh, I think the general physical fitness level would go up for the population. Uh, I also think brotherhood between churches would get a lot stronger, which, of course, would enable church unity.
0: Is that actually a good answer? Is that what I heard? Or did you just spin that really well? (laughs)
1: No, that's a good answer. I only have good answers. Uh
0: no, I mean, like, was the alkali thing a good answer? Because you made it sound good just then. <laughs> oh man. Um, but in all seriousness, as people take up their roles, I mean, is it just the same thing we said earlier, just gonna strengthen the church kind of deal or
1: Yeah. I think so. All right, well, we said it. You heard it we here first. It. Hopefully. If you're listening to another Church Unity podcast, let us know. (laughs) Uh, But now it's time for our God moment segment. If you've watched the show before, you know what this is. If you haven't, welcome. Why would you start at the finale of the series? (laughs) Uh, It's just a moment where we like to share what God's been up to in our lives recently, whether that's a blessing, challenge, curse, moment of worship, any of those things. And always make Josh go first to give our esteemed guests as much time as they need. Uh, And today I'm the guest. Yeah. Um, because I'm actually intrigued,
0: I, like you just said, if this is your first time listening for some reason at the end of this season series, uh, yeah, email us the whole church at gmail.com because uh, I do want to know why. <laughs> um, and also, thank you. Welcome. My God moment is actually pretty simple. I've been trying to contact North Greenville University for a few weeks is where I go to school because there's a couple classes that were missing because I had an advisor who did not put me in them when I was supposed to be last fall. I thought I was going to have to wait a whole nother year to be able to go on to grad school. I was kind of upset about it. Been messaging the dean trying to figure out if I could do independent studies or something for like three weeks. Haven't really heard anything. Yesterday, I heard back word. I'm going to get to finish everything up this summer, so I will be done so I can go to grad school this August. Hooray.
1: Right, and class, for the records. Uh, my roommate is a grad student at North Greenville University, so at any point, Josh could have just said, "Hey, why your roommate's at school today? Tell him to go, you know, check this out for me."
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I figured it out, DJ. I didn't know you had a roommate who was a. I didn't even know they had a grad school at North Greenville.
1: Yeah. Hmm. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my God, moment for this week. Probably going to be, Uh, I got a new phone and man, it's nice. You got to appreciate the little things. Yeah. My other phone was bad. Praise God. This This is not related
0: at all. When I was at QTS, I wanted the giant cups and I was like, man, I wish TJ still had one of those.
1: I do. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: That's my new God moment. TJ still has
1: the giant cup. Yeah. Updated God moment. They they're letting me refill the giant cup now. Uh, <laughs> 60 COVID ounces, killed, right? Supply like that 100. Gosh, nice. But if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy whoever you want. Really, I think those two would be the most interesting. Or a cousin or a
0: cousin. You've said it so many times that now I feel like it has to be said if you guys just love listening to TJ in my voice for whatever reason. You can hear more of it. You can hear us ramble on about how the geek stuff that we like. Movies, comic books, etc. And um, how themes in there relate back to our faith at SystematicGeekology.org We do another podcast there. It's called Systematic Geekology. So
1: yeah, go check that out. All right. And if you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a 5 star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a whole lot. And thank you for listening to the whole church podcast. We hope you enjoyed our church offices series. Uh, We'll be taking two weeks off before returning to our normal format with a couple of exciting episodes, including a roundtable discussion of the ex-evangelical and deconstruction movements in the church today and our whole church news pilot episode. Then at the end of season one, Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah, whether you know it or not, you'll be here, Francis. Right, Francis Chan will be here for the season one season finale yeah it's or my name isn't
0: 10 year tj
1: tj person his, lay person
0: his name isn't tiberius one right which it's
1: not mm-hmm. i think you ruined it he's not going to be on the show now
2: <laughs> yeah yeah he will. Show up.
0: thank you for listening to the whole church podcast we hope you enjoyed our Church Offices series. Please consider sponsoring the show at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast.